There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. America's two great pastimes collide on this podcast. It is baseball and making money from the dog days of summer through the October Classic. Greg Bases Peterson's going to be free swinging at the betting board as he tries to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. Now here is GP. Welcome to lovely Las Vegas for baseball betting with Greg Peterson. Yep, we are going with a little bit of a title now, and you're going to find out why in a few seconds. Logos are going to be updated. The intro that you just heard, we're going to be overhauling that a little bit in the next few days because, ladies and gentlemen, we do have some bettable baseball out there that is going to be pretty much daily out there in the KBO, the South Korean Baseball League. And I know that they sometimes have travel days and everything like that, but at the very least, we finally have some baseball. I know that Taiwan was playing a little bit, but they only have, like, I believe a four-team league, and it's a very low-level baseball. So it is good that we have the KBO in our lives. And here in the first and third segment, we're going to be talking about the KBO. In the second segment, we're going to be talking to Danny Burke. He does terrific work with Vegas Ads and Information Network. He was doing a lot of weekend hosting like I was. He's currently still doing a little bit with regards to a numbers game. He's doing some producing. He's pretty much a 5 duo player for the Vegas Ads and Information Network. And he also hosts a show called Bet on Chicago for VEASAN. So we're going to ask him about the Chicago Cubs. 
We're also going to be looking at if you can build any parallels from the KBO for when slash if the MLB season gets started. So it's going to be a nice wide-ranging conversation. We're going to be asking him about some of the teams that he likes if we do wind up getting a 2020 MLB season as well. And in the final segment with regards to KBO, I'm going to be taking a look at some of the 2019 stats, try to get you guys a little bit up to speed if you're looking to bet on the KBO. And if nothing else, we're going to be talking a little bit about it with Danny in the second segment as well. If you don't want to bet on the KBO, but you're still holding out hope that the MLB season comes back, and if you're looking to bet on that, some of the things that you find in the KBO might be able to be transferred, I guess, to your MLB handicapping just because the KBO is playing games without fans. You're able to see a little bit of the ramp-up period with regards to KBO starting pitchers, things of this nature. It is a little bit of a different league. You're going to find that out when I do a deep dive in the sets in the final segment. But what I'm doing right now with KBO baseball is... I am essentially doing a dry run. I think that many of you guys have heard it on both this podcast and my other podcast, Hooping with Hoops. And what a dry run is when it comes to sports betting is I'm sort of simulating, okay, I would be taking a look at these couple of books as to where I'd be looking to get lines. I'm tracking when these lines come out and I'd be like, okay, we're taking a look at the Lotte Giants, for example. They are plus 180 at 2.30 p.m. Pacific time. I log, okay, I would bet the Lotte Giants, 2.30 p.m. Pacific plus 180. I tracked to see, okay, did I get good line value? Did I get bad line value? Or is that pretty much just where it held up? Did other books have a better slash worse line? And then obviously, how in the heck did the bet do? And I do this without putting down money. This is essentially just like these pitchers have a spring training to get ramped up. This is sort of your spring training as a bet. You don't do anything in life without having a little bit of practice with it. You don't go out there and you play for the Green Bay Packers without having played football in your life, without having practices, a spring training, or anything like that. I encourage you guys to take the same approach when it comes to KBO betting if you're looking to get into this. Do a little bit of research. Take a couple days. Watch a couple of these games. Try to get into the flow of it. Think, okay, I would have bet the Giants in this game against, let's throw out there, the NC Dinos. And we're going to throw out there the NC Dinos a lot because Dinos, apparently mean swole daddies so all of a sudden I am a fan of the NC Dinos but with that said let's just say that you're taking the Dinos against the Giants you just want to watch think okay I would have bet the under in this game or I would have bet the Dinos minus one 75. We're just throwing out their arbitrary numbers at this point, but that's pretty much what a dry run is. What you want to do is you want to get your bearings in. It's not necessarily even about the record as to when you're ready. You just sit there and you think, okay, was I on the right track with the bets? Was I getting good, bad, slash indifferent closing line value? Are there other books that are offering better slash worse lines? How am I doing with regards to being able to track this down? Obviously, the end result does matter, but we saw in one of the games for the KBO on opening day, there was a fire that broke out and one of the teams had to pull their pitcher in the fourth inning because there was a fire delay. I mean, I'm not even kidding. That's one where you just sort of chuck it out there and you think, okay, we throw out there this team, but this result... probably should be thrown away a little bit because, let's face it, how many games are going to involve a delay due to fire? I mean, these are just some of the things that you want to be taking a look at as well. And even in a winning bet, it's like, okay, they needed 
like five runs in the ninth inning and there was one ball in which a guy was going to rob him at the fence went off his glove went over the fence for a game-winning grand slam you throw that out there a little bit as well so you just take a look at these results you think okay where did I go right where did I go wrong if you're going wrong in some places you tinker with it you take a couple more days on your dry run if things are going very well you feel comfortable that's when you throw your money down and you start betting these games for real so that's just what I encourage you guys to do with regards to KBO betting if you're looking to get into it. And like I said, in the final segment, I'm going to give you guys some helpful stats. I'm going to give you guys some resources to look at when it comes to trying to figure out what in the heck to do with regards to KBO, just what the league is all about. So we're going to be going through that. And here in the next segment, we're going to be talking to Danny Burke a little bit about if you can draw a couple parallels between the KBO and the MLB. We're also going to be asking him about the Chicago Cubs. What might happen if the MLB winds up going to seven inning games as well? That's something that we've heard thrown out there quite a few times. And I do think that it's worth discussing with someone that is also a man that likes to bet on baseball as well. So Danny Burke of VSEN, that conversation with him is on the other side right here on Baseball Betting with Greg Peterson. Greg is phoning a friend and going out to the Azunia Hotline. And we are back here in lovely Las Vegas for Baseball Betting with myself, Greg Peterson. It is great to have our next guest. This is someone that does absolutely superb work with the Vegas Stats and Information Network, someone that I've had the chance to be able to do a lot with, both producing from, he's produced for me a little bit. It's the circle of life, I guess you could call it, at VSIN, as it is Danny Burke joining me right here on the podcast. He is a host of Bet on Chicago, and he also does quite a bit of work with things like a numbers game, he does a lot of weekend content when we do have weekend content on the Vegas Hats and Information Network. And you can follow him on Twitter at Danny Burke 5 as it is Danny Burke joining me right here. And always great to have you on the podcast, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well, Greg. I'm excited to talk some baseball with you. Unfortunately, obviously right now the season's delayed, but hopefully we get at least a delayed season at this point, right? I mean, there's been speculation of it getting narrowed down, potentially games with seven innings, making them doubleheaders, whatever it may be, regardless I'm happy to join the show and speculate with you at this point. And, you know, like we were talking about before the show, at least we got some Korean baseball, right? <laughs> exactly. I'm right now in my, I guess you could call it dry run stage of taking a look at the KBO. So hopefully within the next week or two, I'm coming on this podcast daily saying, you should be putting all your shekels on the NC Dinos, which I found out actually means the Swole Daddies. So all of a sudden, I am a fan of the NC Dinos. So Good on them. Apparently, Eric Thames used to play for them, so I'm very excited about that. And like I mentioned, you are someone that you do the show bet on Chicago, and one of the more intriguing teams when it comes to one slash if we do get the MLB back into our lives, the American version of baseball, is the Chicago Cubs. Because with the Cubs, as we know, they had a little bit of a collapse last season. And what I find so interesting about the Cubs is that they were lights out at Wrigley for the most part. They obviously had that collapse against the St. Louis Cardinals and won the last series of the year. But by and large, they were able to get the job done at home. But on the road, they were one of the worst teams in baseball. What have you been hearing with the Chicago Cubs? They've underwent a managerial change. They still got guys like Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, and company. But it is one of these situations as well in that you didn't know what you were going to get out of the pitching from a night-to-night basis because the team ERA wasn't bad. They just seemed to be horrible in big spots, though. No, that's absolutely right, Greg. I mean, the struggle, not only with the Cubs, it seemed like a majority of the league was the bullpen this past season, and the Cubs were certainly at the top of that, probably more so than most teams. 
And then they bring in Craig Kimbrell. Not only do they bring him in, but they pay him a handsome amount to kind of fix that problem. And you didn't really see that happen. And the thing with Kimbrell was there was a lot of Cubs fans who were just very excited and happy to jump on this Kimbrell train, right? I mean, how could you not be? I understand historically he's a great closer. Don't get me wrong. But the past season or the season before, rather, because he had that hiatus, with the Red Sox in the postseason, he wasn't really lights out. He wasn't dominating. Yes, they were getting the job done, but it seemed like it was just always shaky. It was never smooth sailing with Kimbrel. Same thing happened when he joined the Cubs. Even when he would get some of these saves, it was never just like an easy relief. It, it was always a struggle, and he always had runners on base. Whatever it may be, he never made it easy. So, yeah, the bullpen is an issue with the Cubs. Relief pitching is going to be a concern, too, considering they lost a lot of that bullpen. Brandon Kinsler was a guy who really just manned that up. C-Sheck as well. They utilized him a lot. Now C-Sheck is with the White Sox. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how they fill in the bullpen offensively. What this Cubs team really needs is a consistent offense and a consistent rotation, Greg. And that's not really what you saw with Joe Madden. Look, everybody praises Joe Madden, rightfully so. He brought the Cubs a World Series for the first time in 108 years. You have to love the guy. He's a legend. But at the same time, I am not surprised and not mad that the Cubs got rid of him. I mean, it just got to a point, and even Javi Baez spoke to it, that some of the players in a day-to-day basis kind of got lackadaisical. It wasn't really a strict lifestyle with Joe Madden. And, And that's how he always is. It's nothing that's too surprising. Over time, it just seemed like the motivation was, I don't want to say a lack of motivation, but maybe just the pressure and just putting it on them day in and day out wasn't there. And it's a small window of opportunity in baseball and specifically with this Cubs team. So I like the addition of David Ross. Do I think he's going to get it done right off the bat? Maybe not, especially in this delayed season. That's unprecedented. So it's going to be tough for them. I do think, though, Greg, the Cubs personally could benefit potentially from something like this from an experience standpoint. Because when you compare the Cubs and the Sox, for example, and I was talking about this with Jesse Rogers, who covers the Cubs for ESPN Chicago on Bet on Chicago, the show that you mentioned that I do. And he said that the Cubs obviously have that advantage considering they have that camaraderie, that experience with each other. On the other side, the Sox have been the talk of the town considering what they've done in the offseason. However, they haven't really played together. And who knows how long it's going to take them to really gel together, mesh together, and get a consistent rhythm. So that's what's going to be interesting to see with certain teams like the Sox, like the Cubs, when you get a veteran laden team versus a new kind of young team all put together. Who's going to eclipse at the top in this delayed season if it even comes to fruition? That's going to be very fascinating to watch. So I do think it could benefit the Cubs. As for an overall outlook of the season, I think it's going to come down to them, the Cardinals and the Reds. It's not surprising saying that. But another thing with the Reds, they are a talk of the offseason as well. Can they gel well together too in the shortened season? I think the Brewers are going to slide down a little bit. Cardinals are still the Cardinals. They're going to play them tough regardless. The Achilles heel for the Cubs is really the Reds, too. So despite if they're good or bad, they always have an issue with them. So it's going to be those top three teams. If you told me you're taking one or the other, I really wouldn't blame you um, on it because every team of those three, in my opinion, has a valid argument to win the Central. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Let's just hope we can get it underway as soon as possible, Greg. I'm right there with you, Danny, and I'm one of those people. I think the Brewers should be in there as well. I will accept any answer for odds to win the NL Central if we, of course, do get the NL Central, aside from the Pittsburgh Pirates. If you have the Pittsburgh Pirates winning the NL Central, I really don't know what to tell you, as we do have Danny Burke joining me right here on the podcast. And I do think that it is so fascinating. And one thing that I've been doing with keeping up with baseball right now is just taking a look at every team as its own island. Because what we are noticing right now is that we're having a whole bunch of proposals thrown out there. The most recent one last week is where you've got the East, Central, and West. You've got 10 teams apiece in them. You've got National League and American League teams clashing. 
You've got an idea in which you've got all the teams playing in one bubble in Arizona. I think that would keep the National League and the American League intact. And then you've got the Grapefruit League and the Cactus League. That would also involve National League and American League teams. And then you'd obviously need to go with a universal designated hitter if you wind up combining both those leagues. And I just think that right now, if you're looking at the baseball season, and if you're optimistic like you and I are that we are going to be getting a baseball season just to be looking at these teams on their own because right now I think the last thing you'd want to do is looking at odds to win like the NL Central, mm-hmm. odds to win the NLE, something like that, just because we have no idea what form of baseball we're getting this season. Right. No, that, that's a very important aspect to consider, Greg. And JBT and myself, Jonathan Von Tobel, who's also part of Eason, we've been hosting a numbers game this week because Gil Alexander's uh just taking a little time off. And we mentioned that exactly. And they have all these odds posted. And even at DraftKings, for example, they have the win percentages posted. But it's so hard to really lock up your money and have confidence in betting any of these, Greg, because of those reasons. We don't know how many games it's going to be exactly. We don't know if there's going to be a couple weeks. Well, we're assuming at least there's going to be a couple weeks free training leading up to it. But what does that mean for the pitchers, for the hitters? What kind of consistent rhythm can they get in? And even if we do get these games, and I kind of talked about it earlier, It could be the potential seven-inning games and double-headers. So there's so many variables that play into this, Greg. I think the smart move would be to just be hesitant and not really play any of these futures at this point. Look, if baseball does come, there's going to be plenty to bet on. And even when we get there too, Greg, I think it would be wise to maybe just not go all in that first week. Maybe take it day by day. Be selective with your bets. I know it's going to be tempting to want to bet so much because it's going to be really the only consistent sport going on. But it's new territory and some of these guys are going to have to ease into it. Same with the handicappers too. So I do think the wise move is to just be hesitant, be smart, see how things play out stay away from the futures probably at this point unless you're really confident good for you and good luck but when it comes to those actual games take it day by day as well i'm right there with you even i'm someone that i'm famous for betting the board in baseball and college (laughs) basketball and everything like that and i'm being a little bit more hesitant with the kbo and i probably will be the same way with baseball as well you want to get a little bit of your bearings under you just because We don't know what form of baseball we're going to be getting at this point. And what I think is so interesting is perhaps using the KBO as a little bit of a blueprint because something that I noticed is that when it comes to the starting pitchers out there in the KBO, all but one of the starting pitchers, aside from the game of which you had a fire breakout in the fourth inning, which that's something into it of itself. If a pitcher gets pulled due to a fire breaking out at a nearby building, yeah, sort of throw it out there as an outlier. You're not going to be anticipating that anytime soon. But if you throw that out the window, every pitcher aside from one went 90 plus pitches as a starting pitcher, which I think is fascinating because what we're noticing right now with regards to these MLB pitchers is that these guys that are in quarantine, they're not really having the chance to get loose. They're going to have that second ramp up period. Sounds like it's going to be three or four weeks. And what I noticed with the KBO is that they had a little bit of a longer ramp up period. You had these guys practicing together for a little bit more than a month. So I do think that it is interesting that you see after a little bit more than a month, these starting pitchers, they're really going their full length. But I do think that if we wind up getting what we're hearing about right now with more like a three-week spring training, you have to temper your expectations, and you can't expect these starting pitchers to be really going more than five innings. No, that's a great point, Greg. And and I think you make an excellent note saying that the KBO is a great kind of litmus test, how to study it, see how these guys do going into it. Not abruptly because you said that they had been leading up to it in a month or so, but still it's a different outlook and a different start to the season. 
So is that going to translate 100% to MLB? Probably not, but it's still a good outlook for it and just a good measure of an, an indicator of where MLB could possibly go. So I think that's a very good tip as well to pay attention to the KBO, see how that plays out, and then potentially use the same method for baseball. And, and Greg, I want to get your thoughts on this too. I think it's interesting that a lot of people like betting first five, for instance, right? We talk about the bullpen struggles, but typically betting on the starting pitcher, at least that's what I always do. That's the main source of what you're betting when it comes to baseball. These bullpens are hard to trust. A lot of times people like to go with the first five so they don't have to deal with the bullpen. This will be fascinating to see what happens from a handicapping perspective if these innings get shortened to seven and even if they get a double headers, because how will that change and then how will that alter these bullpens too? I was asking JVT about this. I wonder if it'll be relative with the bullpens or maybe there'll be a chance to improve since the limited innings. So I kind of want to get your thoughts on that. How do you think the betting landscape will change if the innings get shortened? How do you think that will potentially affect the bullpens? I think it's going to be fascinating, as we do have Danny Burke of VEASAN joining me right here on the podcast. For one, I don't think that you're going to have first fives if you wind up having seven any games, just because who knows what's going to be happening from there. And I do think that the teams that are going to have a lot more value if you do have these seven inning games are these teams that have really defined the opener. I take a look at the Toronto Blue Jays, and they discovered a great opener in Wilmer Fodd towards the end of the 2019 season. I know like Gil Alexander came on this podcast about a month, month and a half ago. He spoke very highly of them. They've got some good young pitching. All you need out of those guys is now five innings. If you have Wilmer Font give you a good two-inning start, there's your seven innings right there. The reason why I'm high on the Milwaukee Brewers as well is because the Milwaukee Brewers just have no good starting pitching whatsoever. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. You're really looking at Brandon Woodruff being your best starting pitcher. But what you do have is if you're able to get like four innings out of someone like a suitor or like I mentioned, Brandon Woodruff, something like that, you could have Josh Hader give you six or nine outs. Right. That's a huge weapon to have as well, which is why I'm looking at these teams that they already don't necessarily have great starting pitching, but they have a bunch of guys that they're going to be ready on call like the Tampa Bay Rays. I think that they're going to have massive value if you wind up having seven inning games. Oh, absolutely. And then just think about some of the other teams, too. Like, I mean, we already are assuming the Yankees are going to be dominant. Their starting pitching is a concern at this point, considering the injuries. But if they, like you mentioned with the Brewers, it could be the same for the Yankees with that dominant bullpen. If you can get them to that point, and especially if it's going to be two less innings, a lot of these teams can benefit from that. Absolutely. So that's another great point that you bring up. And that's just it's so crazy to think about because there's going to be all these different variables if that's the case. And it's going to just provide a brand new perspective on how to bet these games, Greg. So it's going to be wild to see how it plays out. But I'm excited to hopefully get this underway soon. I totally agree with you. And Danny, is there any team that you think is going to have a little bit of value come the 2020 season? Because I just said it right there. I'm looking at these teams that have good bullpens. The Milwaukee Brewers, Tampa Bay Rays. I think the Toronto Blue Jays, I'm going to agree with our good buddy Gil Alexander. They have some value and I'm right there with you as well on the Cincinnati Reds. I really do like the way that they've been able to retool their roster these past two seasons. So I think that that is a team that I'm going to be taking a look at. But is there anyone in particular that you think people are sleeping on that might have a little bit more value once the season does get started? You know, when I play some of my season win total bets, it seemed like I looked more at the unders for a few of them. Actually, no, it actually evened out. I'm kind of looking at them now. So a couple of them that I like, not season win told necessarily, but just who could be dark horse teams. I think, and this isn't too outlandish me saying it, I think the Padres, 
are going to be a solid team. And we know this from Tatis and Machado and the pitching staff they have coming in. This is just a young team that inevitably is going to be great. The only thing is, is that you're stuck with the Dodgers there. We know the Diamondbacks are a fringe playoff team, so they're kind of in a tough spot. However, they still could be a good team to bet here and there because they're going to get some good value being in that tough division, having to go against the Dodgers and other teams. So I like the Padres. I know some other people, and I'm not completely sold on them, but I know a lot of people like the Mets as a potential sleeper. It just still everything that we say with this, though, too, Greg, it comes with a little bit of caution considering the unprecedented season we're about to have. But I think the Mets are a team built, as we know, they just need a bullpen as well. I mean, you could say that for so many teams. The Mets certainly fall into that category. One I really like, though, probably more so than some of the others, is the Texas Rangers, actually. This is a team that got pretty hot for a little while last year, and their starting rotation was very nice. They picked up Kluber in this offseason as well. The biggest concern with them is if they can find consistent hitting, and once again, they're in a tough division. They have to go against the Astros. They have to go against the A's and the Angels, too, who are also going to be an improved team. The Mariners are the Mariners at this point. They're probably going to end up at the bottom of the West once again. But I do like this Rangers team because they caught a hot streak this past season, and I was riding them for a little bit. I think they're only going to improve. But once again, the only tough thing is, who knows how many games and what the schedule is going to look at this shortened season? Is there going to be more division games? Is it going to be more spread out? Is it going to be those three divisions where everything's kind of put all over the place? Those are factors to consider. So it's hard to determine at this point. But if we were looking at it from the perspective of a normal season, I think the Rangers are a great dark horse team to look at. I think that the Rangers are very intriguing because you mentioned it. When Joey Gallo was healthy for the Texas Rangers or those first couple months, they weren't great, but they were about a 500 team, which I think that gets lost on a lot of people. And the Rangers were able to do this despite the fact that Rude Andrador hit 205 last season and 61 out of his 107 hits were for extra bases. I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous. They weren't necessarily the best in the field. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Mike Miner as well, because we saw him yeah. get off to a really great start to the season. He wound up tailing off, but you mentioned it, Corey Kluber. If he's able to provide something, he is going to be a good asset. And Danny, you are a fantastic asset to whatever show you join, whatever show you host on Visa and what have you. So we'd like to close it up with this. Let the good people know what you're all working on with Visa and how they can follow you on social media. Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at DannyBerg5. And like Greg mentioned before, I host Bet on Chicago. So I always tweet out the link to that. It's on Sirius XM 204 Saturday night through Sunday as well. But yeah, just check out my Twitter for all the content at DannyBerg5. And then this week, I'm hosting a numbers game. If I'm not hosting, I'll be producing it from here on out. So yeah, you can follow me all on that content. And Greg, I want to say thanks to you. I appreciate you having me on. And I can't wait to follow your plays for the KBO. Yes, sir. And speaking of the KBO, coming up next, we are going to be taking a look at some historical stats from the 2019 season from the KBO. So we're going to get a look at how the KBO compares to the MLB side way we can get you guys prepped for being able to bet on the KBO and so much more. Big thanks to Danny Burke for joining me this last segment. And coming up next, we are going to be taking a little bit more of a look at the Korean baseball organization right here on Baseball Betting with myself, Greg Peterson. Welcome back to MLB Overtime. Greg is throwing a gem, so yeah, he better not blow it. And a big thanks to Danny Burke for joining me in the last segment as we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for baseball betting with Greg Peterson. 
Now it is that time of the podcast in which I give you just a little bit more information about the KBO, what you can expect from this league, and as we know, the MLB last season really went through the juice ball. In recent years, we noticed that the KBO in like the 2016-15 range, there were a bunch of home runs. You haven't noticed as much of that in recent years. If you take a look at the league batting average during the 2019 season, so this just goes back to last year, the league batting average, and I've got these stats, by the way, just to throw this out here, baseballreference.com. They actually do a great job of keeping up with all these like foreign leagues. They go way back in time. So I highly recommend them as a source if you're looking to get into this. But the league batting average last season in the league was 267. And if you're taking a look at just the amount of home runs that each of these teams hit, it's a 144-game season. The team that led the league in home runs last season, that'd be our good friends with the NC Dinos. They had 128 team home runs in 144 games. What that tells you is that the ball is a little bit less lively. You certainly don't have as many fireball pitchers in this league as well. And what you are also going to find as well is that you're not going to find as many blown saves. And you've got a bunch of actually solid relievers. I do think that the SK Wiverns, hopefully I'm saying this one correctly. By the way, I'm going to throw this out here right now. Expect a whole lot of mispronounced names on this podcast as I try to ease into the KBO. But with that said, the I guess you could call Mariano Rivera of the KBO last year was Jaehoon Ha. He had 36 saves. He went 59 innings and gave up one home run in those 59 innings. That is pretty stinking impressive. And where you're going to find with regards to the teams that do very well in this league as well, they have pitching staffs that they don't walk a lot of batters. What you're going to find is that the teams that they really posted up great records, they don't necessarily have guys that are striking out a whole bunch of guys when it comes to pitching. I will say the Wiverns also did lead the league with regards to strikeouts per nine innings, but that was 9.6 strikeouts per nine innings that their pitching staff put together. When you take a look at the walks per nine innings, this is really your line of demarcation. There were three teams in the league that won more more than 80 games last season because, like I said, this is a 144-game season. The Kiwoom Heroes, the Dusan Bears, and the Wyverns, who we were talking about a little bit earlier, guess what? These three teams all led the league in fewest walks per nine innings. The Heroes, 2.6. The Dusan Bears, 2.7. And the Wyverns at 3.0. After that, it gets progressively worse and worse. The Lotte Giants, they were actually number two when it comes to strikeouts per nine innings, but they were dead last when it came to walks per nine innings as well, and they finished dead last in the league. So that is obviously something that you do want to take into account. And something else that you do want to take into account is that the Dusan Bears wound up winning the league last year, but they wound up losing their top pitcher in Josh Lindblom. He is now with my guys, the Milwaukee Brewers. They are my favorite team, so good to see him. He went 20-3 and for them last season, by the way. Josh Lindblom was absolutely lighting this league on fire. I mean, he had a strikeouts per nine innings of 8.7. He gave up .6 home runs per nine, so he was obviously very effective. And now when you take a look at the Nissan Bears, they aren't quite the same team, and the reason why is that they have brought in some reinforcements from the States. Raul Alcantara is going to be coming in. He wound up starting their first game of the year. And then if you are a fan of the New York Mets, well, it is your, I guess you could call it, unlucky day because they also signed one of the greatest fades in the history of this podcast. You guessed it, our good buddy Chris Flexen. And I always say that on this podcast, if you've got a whip that would be an impressive bench press for a set of 10, that means that you're not necessarily doing very well. 
Well, you take a look at what Mr. Flexen has done for his career. A negative 2.1 more in three years with the New York Mets. 8.07 ERA. And what is his career whip? 2.13. So if you are able to put up a set of 10 at 213 pounds, you're pretty darn jacked in. Chris Flexen actually had his best year ever with the New York Mets in 2019 with a 6.59 ERA. So that tells you sort of the pitchers that are out there in this league. And here are some of the notable names that you want to be taking a look at in the KBO. You also saw Orisima Despagne, one of my favorite names to say. He actually got the start a couple days ago for the KT Wiz, and he gave the team six strong innings. They just wound up gas canning the game with their bullpen a couple days ago. So he is someone that you want to be taking note of because this Spagne was a very good fade on this podcast when he was with the Chicago White Sox last season. I know that he spent some time with a couple other teams, including the LA Angels. So I think that it is very nice that you do have some of these guys that wound up pitching in the MLB as recently as last year as a little bit of, for lack of a better term, a watermark as to the level of play that you have with these batters and the level of play that you have out here in the KBO in general. Jan Straley, he pitched in the MLB as recently as last year. He was absolutely terrible with the Baltimore Orioles. He wound up getting yanked with the Lotte Giants after, I believe it was five and two-thirds. He left with his team not leading and the Giants were able to mount a rally and they were able to get a win on opening day. And Warwick Sapold, he is someone that has spent a cup of coffee in the MLB. He actually pitched a complete game in his first start as well. Some of the other guys that you could expect to see. Chad Bell, he is out there. You've got Raul Acantra, who I was talking about a little bit earlier. William Cuevas, he is going to be also getting a start for the KT Wiz. I believe that his start is at 5.30 a.m. Eastern Time and 2.30 a.m. Pacific. So this leads me to this question for you guys as well, because as we know, we always like to run a podcast in which helps you guys out. You guys are obviously some of the main sources of the KBO's entertainment, as I know that you guys want to bet them. My question for you guys, when I do get things ramped up and I'm all good to go to be betting every side, every total, every day in the KBO, what time would you like this podcast to come out? Because typically when the regular season came around for the MLB, it would be midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern. That would allow you guys to be able to fire them in. One thing that I'm noticing about the KBO is that For one, the betting is a little bit different with this. When I was taking a look at getting betting lines for the KBO on Tuesday, what I was finding is that a lot of books out here in Las Vegas, they were putting out their lines around noon Pacific, 1 p.m. Pacific in regards to Eastern time. That's about 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern. And then the games for what is now called Wednesday morning because they're so late, 5.30 a.m. Eastern, 2.30 a.m. Pacific time. Which means that if I post a podcast at midnight, you wouldn't have a lot of time to react. There are other days in which the games, much like they did on Monday, they started at 10 p.m. Pacific time, 1 a.m. Eastern. That means that by the time I would get up the podcast, those lines would not be bettable. You would only have the hope of being able to bet in-game. So let me know what time you'd like this podcast to be posted at. That's one of the logistical issues that I'm trying to figure out with the KBO as well. Because obviously, as you guys are hearing, I'm doing all this deep dive with stats. I'm taking a look at some of the guys that used to play out there in the MLB and everything like that. But I do want to get that out of the way right now. So please send me your feedback at GUnit underscore 81. Let me know 
what you'd like me to do with this podcast, just with regards to a timing standpoint, some of the things that you'd like me to cover, so that way I can best prepare you to be able to bet on the KBO, because this is your podcast. You guys help me be able to do what I do, and I appreciate it, so give me a little bit of feedback, and please do not be shy on the feedback. I am actually begging you, please give me some feedback here, because if I don't know what you guys want, there's no way that I can give you exactly what you want, because I am not a mind reader, so please do send that in there at GUNNRSCORD1 on the timeline. If you send it by DM, well, as I always say with questions, DM means does not matter. And as always, I'm going to be answering your questions on the podcast at GNRSCORD1, whether that be with the KBO, whether that be with Major League Baseball. And despite the fact that I am taking a look at so much of this KBO stuff, obviously, I'm going to be taking a look at so much of what is happening with baseball, all these proposals to get it back into our lives, and so much of that stuff. So we had a little bit of a whip around there, but also a couple other guys that you want to take a look at when it comes to former MLB players that are currently out there in the KBO. And you want to note that these guys, typically, pretty much all of them play every day. You've got Taylor Motter. He used to be an infielder for the Seattle Mariners. He's with the Kiwum Heroes. You've also got Aaron Altair. And Aaron Altair is still Aaron Alterable. We all remember him from the Philadelphia Phillies. I think they spent some time with the Giants and the Mets last year and batted a buck 25. He was absolutely awful. And then in his debut with the NC Dinos, he went 0 for 4. So good to see Altair is still Alterable. Dixon Machado, he spent some time with some minor league clubs. He is out there and he is playing for the Lotte Giants. You've also got Preston Tucker. Tyler Saladino is one of the most interesting guys you'll ever see from a statistical standpoint with the Milwaukee Brewers he had like 65 or 70-ish at-bats. He had 8 RBI and 8 RBI all came on 2 swings of the bat because he had 2 grand slams. He is currently playing out there with the Samsung Lions. Samsung, a brand that does not necessarily put out there the best smartphones in the world, but they certainly have been able to do a decent job in this league. You've got Mel Rojas Jr. and Jose Miguel Fernandez, who actually wound up leading the league in hits last year with the Doosan Bears. He had 344, actually. 197 hits in 144 games. That's just absolutely ridiculous. So you do want to be taking a look at guys like that. And you do want to note that a lot of the guys that are leading the league in home runs right around 30-ish is what's going to get you towards the top with regards to home runs in this league. And from a betting standpoint as well, as we know, a lot of these books, when you take a look at taking a look at the LA Angels versus an LA Dodgers game or something like that, you're able to go pitcher dependent. You're able to bet on Clayton Kershaw. And if Clayton Kershaw get scratched well you're able to get your bet voided with a lot of these books I noticed it with William Hill DraftKings Circa list goes on and on you're just pretty much betting on the team it's not pitcher dependent now I know that Pinnacle actually is one of the books that is doing pitcher dependent but that is one of the things that is a little bit different with betting on the KBO rather than so many of these other legs and just with regards to what I was looking at for the, I guess you could call them Wednesday morning games. It's so weird to say that because they're at 2.30 a.m. Pacific time, 5.30 a.m. Eastern. I was looking at all the unders and I was taking a look at a couple plus prices. I was also taking a look at one or two chalky favorites. This is much like I was doing with Major League Baseball. You don't necessarily have a set price where it's the line of demarcation. I can't lay this much juice. It all depends on what percent of the time do you think that team is going to win. Like I was taking a look at the SK Wiverns at minus 180 for Wednesday. I think that they win that game more than two-thirds of the time. So if you're 
laying 180 every single time, you're able to turn a little bit of a profit. I was taking a look at the Kia Tigers as well, and I do think that it is fascinating that all these books are listing the totals for the most part in between 8.5 and 9.5. I think I did see one straight 8 with the Samsung game, and I did see a straight 10 out there as well, but you're finding a lot of 8.5s and 9.5s. I do think that that is a little bit too high because you just take a look at the average amount of runs per game that were scored in the league last season, and it really translates to a little bit more of a contact, station-to-station type of game. It's much like what we saw with the MLB postseason last year, and we really don't have too many just absolute extreme outliers with regards to teams that just absolutely exploded and teams that were a little bit lacking. Now, I will say that the Kiwoom Heroes and the Doosan Bears, the two teams that finished with the best regular season record out there in the KBO last season, they finished with runs per game above 5. With the Bears, they averaged 5.11 runs per game, and the Heroes, 5.42 every other team in the league averaged between 4 and 4.68. So you do want to make that note as well that a lot of these teams are going to put up about 4 or 5 runs per game. You're not going to see as many of these games where a team just gets absolutely obliterated. These bullpens are a little bit more reliable from what I've seen, although I will still try to find our one closer that we can make fun of because as we remember on this podcast when the baseball season was at its peak last year, we had Fernand, oh no, Rodney, Submergio Romo, and then we didn't even need to give this man a nickname, Brad Boxberger, because nothing says an unsecure lead like when Brad Boxberger comes in for the Kansas City Royals. So hopefully this was a little bit informative with regards to KBO. Like I said, send in your feedback as to what time you'd like me to put up the podcast once we are up and running with regards to KBO betting every side every day. I'm going to be posting up my picks as to what I'm taking a look at in this dry run. Once I get things a little bit more functional, once I know a little bit more about the league, I'm going to be giving you guys a side total and breakdown for every single game, every single day. Hopefully I'll have things totally functional and back to daily in about seven to 10 days. If things go very well, it might be a little bit sooner. If things go Well, not quite as planned with my dry run. It might be a little bit later, but that is a plan at this point. So hopefully I've been as forthright as possible. Like I said, any questions, comments, what you'd like from the podcast, fire it in at GUnitersquare you want. And if you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, and if you're looking forward to some KBO bets and obviously MLB bets, once we get that back into our lives, I'm not going to be neglecting the MLB just because now we have got the KBO as well. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Hopefully you guys are all safe, healthy, and doing well. I'll be coming at you guys at least one more time this week, if not a little bit more. And obviously... The hope is that we are daily within the next 7 to 10 days. Thank you so much for tuning in, and be on the lookout for a whole lot more content very, very soon.